0: Thanks for tuning in to Good Vibrations with Kristen, where humanness meets spirituality. Are you ready to be inspired? Do you want to have a greater connection to the earth, each other, and ultimately yourself? Join in the conversation with Kristen Ace and her fascinating guests to share the light, laughter, and the illumination of Good Vibrations.
1: Hey, everybody. It's Good Vibrations with Kristen, and I am Kristen. For those of you out there who are animal fans, and in particular, horse fans, you are going to love my guest today. I'm so excited to share her with you. Her name is Judy Schneider. She has a ranch out in New Mexico called Healing Through Horses. Judy, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Kristen. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. Um, I just wanted to tell um, my audience how I met you. So I though you guys all know that I went out to the Red Rock Ranch in Wyoming last year, and it was my second time there. At my second visit with my family, I was speaking to the owner's daughter, who is an incredibly beautiful profound woman who's very connected to the earth and to horses and we got to talking about healing and we got to talking about how animals help us heal and how we how we communicate with animals and she said you've got to connect with Judy Schneider she was here at the ranch she did a healing with horses that was so profound i've never forgotten it you've got to reach out to her and so i did and i'm so grateful judy that that happened because now i have your energy in my life and now you get to share all your energy mm-hmm. with our audience so tell everybody tell everybody who you are what you what you do your light that you bring
0: well i think i see myself as i see myself as a helper you know mm. i feel like i've been called and chosen to part of the healing community and the healing process for women who've experienced traumatic events in their lives. Um, I've always been connected to horses since I was a kid, and they truly helped me through my, um, you know, the darker days of adolescence and even early adulthood. Um, So how I see myself is just, um, I think, just a woman of service. That's really how I see myself. Wow. I love to share with the horses with women. I love to share myself with them. And um, when I first started my business, my statement to myself and my belief and really the way that I live is that um, life is way too short to be wrapped around the axle and stuck. Hmm. And the other is, regardless of financial ability, no one has ever denied um the opportunity to come out and work with the horses or with me—we always find a way that's comfortable um, for everybody.
1: Oh, that is amazing! I—I I, I know you say you think of yourself as, you know, somebody of service, but I have to say, it's not everybody who can communicate with horses in the way that you do to help other people heal through their power. I—I mm-hmm. I was on at the Red Rock Ranch. The reason why Carolyn and I became close is we were taking our horses to go up a mountain uh, Mm a big mountain and Mm -hmm. my horse didn't want to go and I was like oh okay uh the horse doesn't want to go so we're not going to go and Carolyn said no Kristen the horse has to go and I was like no it's okay I don't want to you know I was really stressing out and actually started crying at one point because I didn't want to make the horse do something it didn't want to do. And she was talking me through this and she said, Kristen, you're being called to be a leader and this horse is mirroring for you what you are not seeing in yourself. You need to lead this horse and that is what he is teaching you to do. But I would have never figured that out on my own. And so mm-hmm. I feel like Carolyn was showing me something within myself through understanding the energy of the horse, which is also what you do. Mm-hmm. You understand the energy of the horse, and you help people understand their issues through the power of that animal.
0: That's true, yes. You know, it, when I'm with a horse, when, when I'm alone and with the horses, um, it 's really a treat because it 's just quiet time and downtime for myself, and you know I get a chance just to look at them um, in a relaxed state or if they 're playful or being a little rambunctious
1: <laughs> and
0: um, it 's always a joy to just to watch them be themselves and to bounce off of each other um, and they respond to one another just as we respond <coughs> to our <coughs> excuse me to our human counterparts. Um, And when we put them, when I'm with a woman or a group of uh, women um, and I'm observing horses maybe change from a state of relaxation to a little bit more of a state of alertness, it's letting me know that the energy in the group or in the woman is shifting. Um, I'm not always sure what is going on, but I do know that there's an energetic shift occurring.
1: Mm. And that's
0: when the... Uh, questions of curiosity come up for me, um, and I share those with the uh, women that I'm working with. So it's very subtle, but yet clear.
1: Well, see, now that's what I think is fascinating, because most people um, who, who aren't yet used to, and I say yet, used to picking up signals from animals about what they're saying, what they're doing, might not notice, oh, there's an energy shift here, but you... Having communed with these magnificent animals, can f- like feel it. You don't even have to. You could see it certainly, but you can feel the energetic shifts, mm-hmm. and then share those with the people who come. Why? Why do people come to the ranch? Are there s- specific reasons?
0: Well, you know, sometimes women will come and they tell me, "I don't know why I'm here," but. I was <laughs> I was I'm supposed to be here today, right. um, which is always lovely because they're just so open to all the possibilities right. um, Most women come to um, healing through horses uh, if for um, different events that I'm holding either it's a wise woman's circle or what's retreat. that hmm? what's that? A wise woman's circle is something that I created uh, last year and it's a time for women to gather. <clears throat> we usually have about oh, I don't know, 10 to 15 women that come out each time. And we, we gather in a circle, and we just share what is important for us in the moment, what's mm-hmm. important for us today, um, and kind of go from there. Since it's a larger, it's an introduction to my work, so we don't get into a lot of deep, um, traumatic story, but it does come up in different ways. And it's a way for them to see um what horses can do other than take someone on a trail ride right you know um and through their observation and we also i also um since it's experiential, I definitely include lots of horse time um they come, they're open, they wonder now how in the world can a horse help me with my grief, or how can a mm-hmm. horse help me with me standing? Um, in my own truth and my own power, so I can, um, you know, ask for what I need and really say it in a meaningful way. So that is that's what draws a lot of women here.
1: Right. Uh, well, I had read somewhere that um, that the actual heartbeat of a horse, because the ho- horse's heart is so much bigger than a human heart, mm-hmm. can calm people like within a. Way far out from even your hand's reach, like like close right. to a mile, I thought it was, people who are within a radius of a horse will be calm, and they won't know that it's the, sh- the heart chakra of the horse because that's so powerful.
0: Yeah, the energetic field for the horse is much larger, and, and I at one point I knew how large it was. I'm thinking <clears throat> might be 15, 20 feet away from the horse, mm. and... Where we are, I think, maybe five feet um, so, it's, it's, so there's a definite um, difference, and you're right. a lot of times when I am working with women, I'll have them <clears throat> I'll have them put their bodies next to the horse in different places, but generally, if someone's very upset and full of emotion but and it's just starting to percolate, I'll ask them to join. Hearts with them, with the horse. Mm. So I'll have them scooch up to the horse and get to the heart chakra and have them place their body onto it. And then I also have them place their, usually their right hand, um, on the belly so they can feel the breath of the horse and to regulate their breath to the horse's breath. And it's really amazing to see how the woman can truly relax in a matter of moments, really seconds because they've never done this before. Right. And then there's a frequently um a quick response, you know, of an emotional release. They may sigh, they may cry, they might sob, they might just do very tender stroking of a few strands of hair on the horse's body. It's really quite beautiful to observe. Um, You can see the change in their spine, their body relaxes, Um, their knees, if they're locked, they usually bend, which is really important so they can breathe easier. So it's fascinating to watch how the horse does resonate power and strength in a very, very calm way, but yet profound.
1: Wow. Do the horses ever get upset themselves? Do -hmm. they ever take on some of the human... Issues that are being brought?
0: Well, how they respond, I, I don't believe they take us on, but they respond to the energy.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So, for someone who's in deep grief or someone who is feeling very sad, they're generally, um, in my experience, been generally quiet or they will observe from a bit of a distance. Um, or they might mill around and just be very quiet in their way. If someone is very anxious, the horse is going to start to move around, and maybe the horse will start to um, swat its tail. Even if there's no fly around, you know. that's generally the reason for the tail, is to get rid of the flies. But it's also um, used as a signal for discomfort or upset or anxiety or, you know, watch out. I don't, I'm really not liking you know what's going on, and it's basically a cue right. that something's going to happen <laughs> when you're in the herd. <laughs> when they're with women, they may... Um, move their body away from the person um, if the if it's too intense, if they're not feeling comfortable. Mm. And if that happens, a response from a woman usually is, <clears throat> oh, he doesn't or she doesn't like me. Or they apologize for being um, whatever way they might be at that moment. And I always um, reassure them that First of all, no need to apologize for who you are in the moment or ever. You are who you are, and that's perfect. And just to follow the feel of the horse. If Mm -hmm. the horse is starting to move away, follow the feel. Just continue walking with the horse. If you want to place your hands on the horse, go ahead. And just feel what it is like to work through the emotion that you're experiencing.
1: Well, I think that's fascinating because in that moment, people can actually see that their energy is affecting another, and because I think animals are so um, so in the divine force field that they they don't have all those buffers that we have as humans to go, ooh, that doesn't feel good. They just they just go, or no, that doesn't feel good. That person is energetically sad, unhappy, anxious, whatever, and the horse can, just immediately knows that and can step back, whereas we could all take those cues because I think if we really understood how energetically we affect everyone around us, there's a lot of things that we wouldn't do, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, or we would check ourselves and say, geez, all those people are walking away from me right now or running away. I wonder why, instead Mm -hmm. of pointing out at what's wrong with them. And I think that's interesting that you said that that animal doesn't like me again, pointing out from yourself, what's actually happening within.
0: Mm -hmm. And the question I usually ask is, you know, when that does occur, I usually ask, does this feel familiar?
1: Mm. Oh, good question.
0: Right. Yeah. And not so much what's going on because, you know, that's in your head, but we want to say in the heart and the body. So, you know, does it feel familiar? And generally... People, Women will say, oh, yes, and then they'll start to talk about what it is, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then they'll start to connect the dots and have, you know, the aha moment that, oh, gee, maybe I need to stop being so pushy, <laughs> or maybe when I get upset and anxious, it doesn't mean I have to go faster. It really means I need to step back and slow down. Oh, right. Um, it's really, and it doesn't take very long. I mean, I'm a therapist as well, and... <laughs> For us to get to that insight and awareness, sitting in my um, office, takes a long time. Right. You know, without probing and, you know, guiding and, and, and supporting. But with the horses, it takes a matter of minutes.
1: Right. And that's
0: why I so love incorporating the horses into my coaching practice and therapy practice, because it's it's just so much more profound, and um, I have great co workers. <laughs> and yes. the horses. You know, I couldn't do my job without them. Right. And I always, have, you know, people have said, oh, you know, how did you teach them to do this? And it's like, no teaching. Fortunately, they didn't have to go to school for this. They're just <laughs> natural healers if we as humans get out of the way and let them do what they know how to do best.
1: Right. If we can, <clears throat> if we can pick, well, it's also being able to pick up the cues because uh, like you said that subtle energy that subtle movement of the body or the stepping away or the moving towards or the quiet so often we are rushing rushing and rushing that we miss all of those cues and then we end up with this big pile of not great stuff and wonder how the hell did that happen mm-hmm. when all the cues along the way were the horse was giving off, so the horse representing the world giving off these cues. But because the horse is such a, a profound size and power, it's not easy to ignore as much as out and out in the world as we're all scooting about. Mm-hmm. When you're right next to the horse,
0: mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to miss it. Yeah, <laughs> so, <clears throat> so they are huge. And they're and um they're very close. You know, a lot of women have never been so close to a horse on the ground. Mm. and um, it also lends itself nicely to you know, creating boundaries. A lot of women who have been traumatized have lost that perspective. Right. They just don't know you know where they start and end, um, or where they begin, I should say, not start and end, but where they begin and where someone is allowed and someone is not allowed. Mm. And with the horse, it's very clear that um, if a horse steps on your little toe, it does hurt, but you also have the ability to push the horse off. Therefore, they just she might, for the first time in her life, have just recreated <clears throat> her boundary of safety.
1: Mm-hmm. And if she
0: can push a 1,500-pound horse off of her foot, then think about how insignificant a 100- or 200-pound human being can really be. Right. Where at one point they just mastered their world. You know, they were just like the King Kong of their world, and that's no longer no longer an option for many women.
1: Right. Yes, that's very true. It is, mm-hmm. it is not an option yet. So I, I was hoping you would share... I know the story, but I was hoping that you would share... Um, how you came to work with horses? Because you know, as at least most, when I was little, I was fascinated with horses. I wanted a horse. I cleaned stalls mm-hmm. to be able to pet the horse. Of course, yeah. Um, but you know, I that did not follow me through my life. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't able to then continue on with my love of horses until much, much later in life, and even then, I I don't ride, and I don't, um, I'm not, I'm not with horses a lot, even though I still longingly look at them Mm -hmm. (laughs) like something's missing from my life, but that didn't happen for you. You, you had a profound experience. Can you please share it with everybody?
0: Of course. Um, My love of horses started when I was a child, and I don't know how old I was. I would probably say probably... I think the first horse I imagined, and I made a, I used to ride my um, horse made out of a tree. Believe it or not, I'd put a little on and rope, and I would <laughs> ride my horse on the tree and I'd, outside the kitchen window. My mother would, you know, let me stay there forever, and she'd feed me, basically, because I wouldn't come off my horse. Um. So that's the first memory I have, um, wanting, you know, just feeling like I had to be on a horse. Um and my first time, uh, me, I, too, you know, started mucking stalls. But the first vision I had of the horse is when I was in fourth grade looking out a window, um, daydreaming because so I was bored with the lesson, probably. Yeah. And I saw them in the distance, and I just couldn't figure out, you know, as a fourth grader, how do you get over there? Right. You know, how the heck do I get to the Red Barn? So several years passed, and I, we finally figured out how to get to the Red Barn. And... um I would go up every day after school to muck stalls and to groom and to ride, and the horses really became my lifeline. Um, I was a little peculiar as a kid. Um, I was pretty sensitive and kind of picked up on things that, you know, one could not see, but I definitely could feel it. Yeah, I think and, that's the
1: uh, the the story of the light worker is mm-hmm. the peculiar child who sees feels things that nobody else is seeing and feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand.
0: You so really didn't fit in anywhere and I certainly didn't, you know, start talking to people about things that might happen mm-hmm. um, because they thought I was I had a vivid imagination.
1: Mm-hmm. And in our
0: house it's okay in our house it was okay to have an imagination, but it really couldn't be fact bound, you know. Mm-hmm. You can make stuff up but not have it come true. Yes. Um so that part of me was quiet for a long time. And I think part of that um, quietness and not really being able to be myself led towards um, depression as a teenager. And my horse, it uh, wasn't my horse, but the horse that adopted me and I adopted her, <laughs> her name was Go-Go Girl, and when she definitely did go. She was quite the uh, speedy little mare. Um, she really, truly saved me from... Despair and probably from making a decision that um, would have created a um, my demise. I mean I had a plan and um, it was becoming clear that maybe I'm just not meant for this world. it was just too confusing and
1: mm-hmm.
0: I just didn't feel like I belonged anywhere except with my horse.
1: right
0: So she was the one that kept me on the planet. And she is the one that I knew I could go to, no matter how I felt or how I viewed myself in a particular day that um, she would always love me. and as I shared with you before, that was meeting being with go-Go girl was really the first time I fell in love when mm-hmm. I truly understood what unconditional love meant mm-hmm. and how truly grateful I was that she would nudge me, you know, if I was crying, or she'd come and just eat grass next to me if I was, um, you know, just sitting in in the sunshine, just kind of daydreaming. Um, She would always be there, and um, we would go on glorious rides. We'd, of course, ride on golf course that we're not supposed to ride (laughs) on, and, um, you know, leave Fresh Prince, which, you know, we would have to escape the golf people yelling at us right. it was just glorious i mean things she was she was my first love and we experienced things our first a lot of our first together so um that is how i you know remained here um on the planet and i still carry i still have a polaroid picture of her and um you know she's always with me I think she comes and visits. I think she's probably part of our herd. Oh yeah. In certain ways. And
1: um well this is um this is what I was we were talking about this yesterday that I believe she's your familiar, so she was, mm-hmm. you know, here for you and I think we pick those animals, people, whatever and say, I'm gonna be on the planet at this time mm-hmm. and you go there at this time because I'm going to need you if I want to stay. And if you think I, you know, if I should stay, then you need to be there to help me stay. Mm -hmm. And so she showed up exactly when she was supposed to because she could read and feel your emotions. And it was really important that you stay because the way you shine your light on this earth makes a profound healing for not only just the women, Come to the ranch, but then exponentially th- through them, yeah. there's a healing that echoes out. So, Go Go Girl knew, mm-hmm. yeah, Judy's got to stay. She mm-hmm. may not see it now as a teenager, but your light is really profoundly needed on the planet.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's you know, it's I had no idea that I would end up here, no, doing what I'd love to, what I'm you know loving to, what I love to do. And um, I agree with you. They have, you know, the, the mystery is why.
1: Mm-hmm. And if we
0: stop asking why, but we're just present and enjoying right. the, the, um, the experience, then the answers come.
1: Well, it's also um, just a, a plug to do what you love and let that propel you forward instead of mm-hmm. what am I supposed to do. But do what you love. Be with what you love because that will move you into the place where you really need to be and what it really is all about.
0: Exactly.
1: Now, before we wrap up, because we actually are close, I I know that you have an event coming up, and I want everyone to know about it. So can you share it with
0: me real quick here? Of course. I'd love to. Thank you. So what I'm having is a weekend woman warrior retreat at Hailing Through Horses. Yes. It's a gathering of ten women. Um, May 29th to the 31st in Abiquiú, New Mexico, which is about an hour north of Santa Fe. And the intention of this weekend is to bring women together to um, celebrate one another, to work through any kind of um, barriers and blocks that they might be carrying with them, to give them an opportunity to really just be themselves, authentic as they can be, and allow the horses to move them. Through anything that might be um, a question for them. Wow. Um, so I'm very excited about it. We'll have a, a Saturday night at Ojo Caliente Hot Springs and Resort. We'll soak in the hot tubs and the mineral baths,
1: Ooh. have
0: a nice little dinner. And um, I also include um, drumming, ceremonial drumming, burning of sage, calling in the ancestors. Um, mm calling in the healing powers that surround us in this part of the country. So I'm really quite excited. It's, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I look forward to to meeting um, 10 lovely women.
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It
0: sounds really amazing. Oh, it's, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a blast.
1: Well, with that, I I do have to say goodbye. Um, I want to thank you so much for sharing all of the amazing things that you bring to the earth with your gifts and working with these amazing horses and their gifts. And um, I'm just very grateful that you could spread your light here at GVK today.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: You're welcome, Judy. You take good care. Thank you. All right, everybody. Wow. So if you love horses or you've always wanted to be with a horse, going to Judy's ranch is the thing to do and it's healing through horses and I will have all the information on my blog site and uh, I'm, I'm so thrilled. I'm going to get out there. Trust me, I am going to get out there. So I love you guys. We hope that you found this episode of GDK inspiring and to raise your vibration even higher Visit my website at com, And don't forget to like Good Vibrations with Kristen on Facebook. What inspires you? Write us, let us know, so we can share your ideas on the show. And meanwhile, keep listening, keep connecting, and know that you are divinely guided.